This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. We are back. Kudos to our engineer playing the best songs from 2013. I literally played two songs from 2013. <laughs> Look, it was my and favorite. Selena Look, is coming through with they, the shade. They were my favorite songs from 2013. Okay. Beyonce <laughs> and a little KKK from Rihanna. It's all good. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, it is time for our monthly Dreamer and Doer series. That is where we spotlight a inspirational millennial, depending on how you define millennial, actually, who is doing great things in their community and the world around them, giving back and dreaming to live to live a legacy of change. And I wanted to just introduce again to you guys Roy Paul. He is definitely known, well known here in Harlem and in Southeast Queens. We'll talk about why lately. I'm pretty sure this is not your first time at WATR. No, Aisha Seku. Um, right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So welcome back. Uh, Roy Paul is a political commentator. He's a speaker and he is the founder of the Southeast Queens for Community Action. Hey, Roy. Hi. Hey. Can I just say? Yes. Uh, Hi, Roy. I've, I've been on a few radio shows, a few TV shows. I have two comments. One is this is such a really great radio show. The dynamics work really well. I don't know why you guys aren't on CNN or MSNBC. Give because they don't like us. They don't believe in our they people. In That's <laughs> my boy. They don't believe in us. Right, we're waiting for you. You got all the connects. Word. Roy, I right. heard you're the man with the plan. Can you give me on BCAT? <laughs> can you make it happen the, right i think you can all go on whatever you guys want to do this, this is a really really great show it was great listening to it and i'm gonna have to put this on my listening for uh sunday morning there thank you, you so much roy uh we definitely appreciate that he's been hanging out with us in studio for at least the last hour so he's gotten a lot today but let me give you a little more information about his background so he is um a highly sought-after commentator. He specializes in the areas of education, Get social and economic justice, Get and the advancement of African Americans in modern pop culture and politics. Easy. So that means if Stanley acts up, we could always have Roy. Listen, let me tell you something. I read four <laughs> books in seven years. I'm ready for him. <laughs> Whatever. Um, he also, that was not a high five. That was a in your face. I already took the high five, so it's too late. You can't take it back. Whatever. So Roy also made history when he became the youngest African-American to ever be elected to public office in New York State when he was just 19. Stanley beat that okay i'm almost 30 exactly and he served five years as a school board member uh in middleton new york so shout out to upstate new york again so roy has been doing phenomenal things and he's i mean when you look at your background you started off as a teenager in politics now you founded the southeast uh southeast queens for community action you've also been noted as the savior of southeast queens what what it was a newspaper article it was a cover it was a cover am i lying am i lying did you I, I got iPads? a lot of heck for that article. <laughs> I, I didn't write it. Uh, that was the headline. Yeah, right. uh, I would have clowned you for that too, bro. <laughs> the savior. And hey, shout out to Southeast Queens. I'm in St. Albans. But so this, and that's, but that's yo, but the, the savior? <laughs> hey, they compared him to Jesus. Not everyone can get a Jesus comparison, okay? Maybe Jesus didn't get a Jesus comparison when he was y- alive. You're right no, about that. I did get an honorary doctor from a seminary school, but I'm still not the savior of anything. Okay, well, no, I, I, I did very humble. That. That was, it wasn't, uh, I didn't write it, but the, they were very nice to the local weekly paper. I can't remember the name of it. I, no, that's terrible. They're about to make you the worst person in South <laughs> <East> <laughs> now. The worst I can't remember the name. Yep. Um, but uh, they did uh, They did an article about the organization and what I thought about what Southeast Queens needed in terms of change. And, and so that was what they, I woke up and people said, you're all over the paper. I said, 
really? And then I went to look at it and I was surprised. Oh, yeah. So before we get into that, I want to take a few steps back. I want to ask, how did you get your start in local politics and in activism? Uh, through a roundabout way. I, I do not come from a political family. Um, my parents, uh, they vote when I tell them to vote. I remind them when the elections are. Like my uh, like my family. And But I did grow up um, in, uh, in the Bronx. Uh, and I was on a street that just happened to have a lot of people who were involved with NAACP and everything else. Uh, but I had no experience with politics or with voting. I mean, the first time I voted, it was like for like a contestant on American Idol or something. Oh, wow. Political. Um, and so um, everyone was talking about uh, trying to get involved. And at that time, and probably still is, when people were upset with you back then, they didn't write letters. They didn't make phone calls. They showed up at your house. And they. They prevented you from getting into your car, and they told you what they thought in the street. Um, and so I grew up around a lot of that. Um, and then when I went up, moved up to Orange County, it was completely different. Um, I, the minorities were in the majority, but they didn't control anything. They weren't elected to anything. I was the only African-American or minority elected in the entire county. I mean, it was, it was almost desolate with, when it comes to minority representation. Um, and uh, I helped start an NAACP chapter up there. And that really is what fueled my my engagement and involvement in politics. And I realized once I got elected how important it was for one person to make a difference. I was instrumental in having uh, African-American uh, literature course in, ingrained in the curriculum. Prior to that, there was none. Wow. Um, and so it was it was important for me to talk up about an affirmative action officer and the things that we need to increase diversity. And if I wasn't there, no one else would have brought it up. I, I like that. I like the fact that Roy just said, if it wasn't for me, no one else would have spoke out. And you know what? A lot of times we're always waiting for a savior. We're always waiting for the other person to do it, the other person to speak out. But you know what? That other person needs to be us. So I like that you just use that as an example. Um, They say all politics are local. Why do you think it's so important for young people, especially millennials, to be involved in local politics? You again, you yourself were on a school board. Why is that important? Yeah, I think people often forget that what happens locally affects your pocket and your pocketbooks the most. Um, I keep talking to even friends of mine who are on community boards. And a friend, a good friend of mine, Alan, who I think would be great for this show um, to be a guest, he is on Community Board 13 in Southeast Queens. And he talked about when he first got on the community board, and he's younger than I am, I think, uh, there was no social media presence. Uh, and so he got there and then they have a Facebook and they're doing Instagram and all these other wonderful things to connect with people. And young people have a perspective that they bring to the table. And it's not that the older generation is doing something wrong and they're not doing anything that they don't care. It's just that they're not connected in the same ways that younger people are. And we have a unique perspective that we bring. Uh, and I think it, al- it always helps to add as many different diverse perspectives as, as you can add to a conversation or to a situation. Uh, and so whether it's with social media or trying to do things differently. I think they all help. And when I was on the school board, um, we dealt with the local taxes. Um, You paid property tax and you paid school board taxes. And we had a huge say in the percentage that people paid in property taxes. Um, And sometimes they went up, sometimes they went down. But it was that local vote with nine board members that decided what the percentage was in terms of how much people would pay in the property taxes. People do not understand the significance behind these local seats. And especially you being at that time a younger black male 
and how instrumental your voice was and who you are representing. I mean, you know, kudos again to you, Roy, because, again, a lot of people just, they always think bigger picture. A lot of people who even aspire to get into politics, they're like, well, you know, I want to run for mayor or or, or senator. I want to be a senator or president. You know, people don't understand that. It's it's the people that sit on the school board. It's the people that go to the, 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 um, the community meetings and meet with um, different local chapters and meet with their local pre- uh, precinct. Those are the people that make instrumental changes in the community. So, again, I'm so glad that you um, you put so much emphasis on that. Um, I want you to now tell us more about your organization, Southeast Queens for a mu- Community Action. You're the founder. How did this come about? What does it do? Talk to us. Yeah, that, that came about because uh, in going to a lot of different meetings in Southeast Queens, we realized that a lot of people had issues and they didn't know where to go to get them solved. And I, I kept going to one meeting after another and people kept saying, well, you know, I have the street sign on my street that needs to be made or done or taken down or something. And, and another person would say, well, I have this and I have that. And everyone kept going to meeting after meeting and talking about the same problems. No one ever got anything done. Uh, and they didn't realize the resources that were in their communities to do whatever it was that they needed to get done. Uh, you know, basic things like not knowing what's a city issue and a state issue. We keep, you know, they keep yelling about state senator so-and-so for not doing this, Y, and Z, but state senators don't deal with potholes. The city council member does, and they didn't know that. Um, and so I put together stakeholders of people from all different uh, areas of the community, some who work for some of the elected, some who work in some of the nonprofit spaces, some of the art spaces, uh, and brought them together on a board, and we convened meetings and talk about what the issues on how they can get them done. Uh, trying to be solution-oriented instead of people just saying, well, we can't do this, we can't do that. Sometimes you don't know how to do it. And it's not their fault that they don't know how to do it. They're just not educated. And education is a big key to getting things done. So are you inviting to a lot of people who live in Southeast Queens to um, come up a part of this organization? Oh, yeah. It's open. Um, it's It's been funded privately. So none of the money that's been, we don't ask for people to give any money to do anything. Um, we ask for people to come and share their concerns. I remember one of the biggest meetings that I thought was the most important um, is it was actually one of our lower term months and we had maybe 20 people at a meeting. And there were some young people there who were trying to start a nonprofit organization to deal with young people in the community. They had no idea how to start a nonprofit organization. The 501c3 process is very lengthy. It's very expensive. Uh, and it just so happened that at that meeting, we had people like India Sneed, who's an attorney uh, in the community who deals with nonprofits and 501c3s and offered for free to help guide them through that process. And they, I mean, that was just an amazing meeting when they came and they said, this is our issue. And they didn't know if anyone was there to solve their problems. But she was there and said, I'll help you for free. Wow. And again, guys, if you're just tuning in, we have Roy Paul with us in studio. He is our dreamer and doer for the month of December 2015. We're closing it out again with a great dreamer. I I mean, we had a great show and we're closing it out with a great dreamer. Um, I want to talk about what you've been actually doing when it comes to city politics. I know you were um, involved in some way with the 2013 mayoral election. Um, I know that you hosted a forum and you've done a lot of speaking engagements around the city itself. Can you talk more about how that's been influential? Yeah, um, I was a political contributor to ABC for two and a half years, and, and through that, I, I was fortunate to develop some great relationships with people like Mayor de Blasio before he was mayor and a few of the other candidates, and um, there was an organization who wanted to put together a, a forum for millennials, and um, all of the candidates agreed at that point um, to attend pre-Wiener and, and after Wiener, so we did two of them. Uh, and I moderated one of them um, at CUNY uh, Graduate School, uh, and then the other one was in Queens at York College. And uh, Mayor de Blasio came to both of them um, to talk about the issues affecting young people. 
Uh, and then that spiraled into me moderating one with the candidates running for speaker of the city council. They, it was the first time that they wanted to kind of get into the neighborhoods with the city council members who were running for speaker. And I did one for public advocate and the city comptroller, which was very nice. And, um, you know, all of those things, I, I think engagement is absolutely critical and key. And so when people say, I don't like debates, I actually heard that comment a few weeks ago. It was, uh, I won't tell you who it was because the person was elected. Uh, and he said, I hate when people debate. I don't like debates. Um, and that is actually how people understand what you think, what's in your head. Um, and as voters, if people are going to be voting for you for whatever office it is, they have a right and an opportunity to come out and hear you talk about your platform. Um, and so I was happy to be able to be a part of those. You spoke about engagement and you also spoke about um, young people getting engaged and making sure that those issues, the issues that we're facing um, are in the forefront and not only on the back burner. Because if we see, you know, historically, the people who vote tend to be a little older, tend to be a little lighter, if not white. And a lot of times elected officials don't necessarily put too much focus on Mm -hmm. uh, young people, millennials, people of color. What are some of those effects? Because, you know, you're in the, the world of politics, but you're also still young enough to understand social media, how to use Twitter. So what would you say are some of these um, issues that need to be brought to our elected officials? Yeah. The biggest voting block in the United States of America in almost every electoral district is women between the ages of 55 and older, specifically those 65 and older. That is the major minority block um, of voters in almost every electoral district. So when politicians are running for office, they go towards the older women. And if you're in a place like Southeast Queens, they go after the older African-American women. And you will notice that things happen in communities, uh, specifically in Southeast Queens, where it started out having a senior citizen day. Then they had a senior citizen's week. They had a senior citizen. Now they have a senior citizen's month. And they've expanded this because they saw, they saw that there was such a need for people coming to and having breakfasts and lunches and dinner dances for seniors. Seniors get a lot of services, right? They will never take away money from Senior Citizens Program. I sit on a board for one of the largest senior citizens, uh, citizens organizations in Queens. And they treat it very, very well. Politicians love the seniors. No matter who you are, if you look like you can be a senior citizen, the, any elected official will listen to you about whatever concern you have. Young people don't get that same treatment because we don't vote in a block. We're not you know, as engaged as senior citizens are. We don't show up when we're supposed to. At community meetings, you go to community board meetings, by and large, you see people who don't look like us. You know? And the effects of that is critical because there are a lot of services that we could be getting from that, from the city and state level, especially when it comes to college education money. There are Pell Grants and TAP tuition grants, and those are the first ones to be cut when things go wrong. And and I think if young people understood that they could actually be getting resources from the government that we pay for in taxes, then we would be much better off than we are now. So how do we communicate that message to young people? We need people who are engaged to do it. Uh, And it really is uh, local campaigns. A good friend of mine, Andrew Gillen, he's the mayor of Tallahassee, Florida. And he when he first ran for the city commission, he had this Arrived at Five campaign uh, when he was elected. And every person had to bring five of their peers to the polls with them, like literally bring them to round them up in your car and say, you're coming with me to vote. Not just make sure that they know that there's an election, but actually bring them with you. And I think it takes those who are involved and engaged to take it as a burden on their backs to actually bring people with them to the post for them to understand how important it is. Right. No, no, you're absolutely right. And I think it does take that along with the messaging. I think that, you know, 
you know, we say young people aren't engaged, but look how many turned out to vote for Barack Obama twice. I mean, so, you know, do you think there was a, a, a difference in how President Obama communicates and, and got everybody to the polls when it came to this big general election as opposed to the uh, the local elections that really matter? Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So I think one thing we forget about the Obama campaign is that they had the funding to have organizers literally go down to knock on people's doors, put them in a van and drive them to their polling sites. And when you have that kind of like funding for an election, you can do that because that's what we did. I was in college when that happened, and we had the shuttle bus going on and off campus all mm-hmm. day so people can vote. And when I worked on the 2013 um, mayor election, I was in I was in Frederick Douglass houses at seven o'clock in the morning with a clipboard, going knocking on doors, getting people up, getting them breakfast, getting them in the van. And I think that will actually go a lot further than necessarily the messaging. The messaging is important, but at the end of the day, it comes down to the groundwork. Would you agree with that, Roy? Absolutely. And I think, you know, when it comes to President Obama and other people, I, I think we underestimate candidates that are good, you know, like good, decent, solid candidates. There are a lot of candidates out there that aren't very good. And on the local level, if we see those candidates that are lackluster, then we don't feel as inspired to want to go and vote for them. Or if there's no choice. There was an election in Southeast Queens not too long ago, and there was a state assemblywoman who was who was vying to, to unseat someone who was um, not technically on the ballot. She was a writing candidate. But a lot of people didn't see that as a viable race. They said, well, she's going to get elected because she's the only Democrat and there's a writing candidate, but, but she's not going to really have a chance unless the, you know, the majority of people go and write her name, in, which is not likely to happen. And so if people don't feel inspired, they won't go out there and vote. And that's why competition is important. No, you're absolutely right about that. Um, Roy, you're doing a lot. Um, and you see, you, again, you found Southeast Queens for Community Action. You've been, you made a name for yourself here around the city. Um, what is it that you aspire to do? What do you dreaming to do? What can we expect from Roy Paul 2016 and beyond? Staying alive. Uh, <laughs> Is it that hard as a black man? Well, it's hard regardless of who you are. And, and I mean that seriously. I mean, there are people who I think we take life for granted. And we, we think that, you know, yeah, I'm doing some things and other people are doing things, but we're never doing enough. We should always be pushing and hustling and, and striving to do better and to do more. And life is really that short and that fragile. There are people who are dying every day at all different ages for things that we don't even hear of anymore. Um, And you wake up and someone can be fine on Friday and then you hear that they passed on Saturday morning. So I think, you know, being alive and being healthy and, and doing work in the community, that, that's what I hope to be doing, and I hope to be doing it for as long as I can. Definitely. Again, Roy, we thank you so much for stopping by here at Let Your Voice Be Heard. And I, I think that if there's one thing, actually two things that we can come out uh, after this interview with Roy is, number one, we can always do more, like you said. And again, let's us be that voice. I mean, with, again, when it comes to relying on people, whether it be Barack Obama or elected official, they're not always always going to see things they're not always going to take a stance if it comes to you know someone being bullied in a school or you know like the little things and I think that when it comes to us we have to let our voices be heard you have to be that voice you have to take that stance you can't be scared to speak up or to do more and I think again thank you Roy for being inspirational and just sharing that message with us on that note I want to thank everyone who has been supporting let your voice be heard in some way or fashion we have be heard chris who's always listening and tweeting us every week we have miss deborah we have omar we have a, a, a brother, omar. brother omar excuse me from the big mango and yes we do you know always listening and supporting us in 2015 Cody yes in 2015 can i shout out some of the po- podcast listeners so um selena molly grant 
You guys always listen. Really appreciate that. Thank you so much. No, we definitely do appreciate all of that. Yeah, and on uh, Politically Preposterous, I know we got at least two fans that are always listening all the time. That's Rebecca uh, Harrison and Jessica Tun. So thanks for tuning into our program this year. We appreciate it, guys. And don't worry. When we come back in 2016, it's going to be bigger. It's going to be better. And it's going to be greater than ever. More dabbing. Damn, 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 damn,